From MPB Think Radio, this is In Legal Terms, a show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Jenny Eichelberger of the Eichelberger Law Firm in Jackson. Today we're discussing the legal process of expungement. We'll talk about what types of charges can be expunged, traffic offenses, what about felonies. Once your criminal record is expunged, will you have a completely clean slate? Listeners, what are your comments or questions about expungement? Do you think a particular offense should not be expunged from someone's record? Give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464, or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Sharita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Jenny Eichelberger of the Eichelberger Law Firm in Jackson. Today we're going to discuss the legal process of expungement. We'll talk about what types of charges can be expunged. Traffic offenses, felonies, once your criminal record is expunged, will you have a completely clean slate? Are these things that you have to let your employer know about? Listeners, what are your questions or comments about expungement? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have a personal experience you'd like to share. 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Professor Gershon. How are you on that end? We're doing great, Sharita, and good morning, and it's great to have Jenny on the show today. She is one of the true leaders in our bar and uh, really, really lucky to have her uh, and her expertise on expungement. Absolutely, and I'm glad to have some company in the studio. Jenny, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, Tell us a little bit about um, your background in this particular area of law. Yes. So, like you mentioned, I practice at the Eichelberger Law Firm along with my husband. We um, practice criminal defense is one of the areas of law we practice in in addition to personal injury um, and workers' comp. Um, I have particular experience doing expungement clinics across our state. Um, This is a partnership between um, the Mississippi Association of Justice um, and we've partnered with different organizations across the state in providing these expungement clinics um, to individuals that maybe can't afford to get an expungement on their own. Mm, Okay. So is it expensive to get an expungement? I wouldn't say it's expensive, but it is not free. Okay. Um, Typically, if an individual seeks to have an expungement um, from an attorney, the the price is going to range a little bit, anywhere from probably $500 $500 to up to $1,500. Mm-hmm. Typically, you will see $500 to $750 for, to have a misdemeanor expunged, and it's a little more expensive to have a felony expunged depending on the situation. Okay. Um, so we have an early caller. Uh, JJ is in Perkinson. We're going to get to you in just a second, JJ. But first, uh, Jenny, what's just a general definition for expungement? An expungement is a mechanism or an opportunity to have um, your background 
cleared to an extent, okay. maybe an arrest or a conviction in certain situations that can be removed from your background. Okay, and we'll talk more about that idea of to an extent, because I'm sure there are some, some uh, restrictions there. Uh, we're going to go to J.J., who's in Perkinson, with a question. Good morning. J.J., what do you have for us? The extent is my question. Okay. Uh, back in 2007, I was arrested with four-tenths of a gram of methamphetamine, and they compounded the charge with burglary tools. I was living in my truck. <laughs> um, I, did, I did two years. I got out and did four years on paper. I paid my fine, did my time. You figure everything would be clear. You know, Mississippi's only one of 11 states that doesn't let you go after your first offense. Anyway, um, I, I need my record expunged. I'm a professional engineer. I'm also a gunsmith. And not being able to do my job has cost my children for years and years. I do not, you know, of course, I don't think it's fair that my children have to continue to pay for my mistake after I've already paid and done the time. How do I get this expunged? How do I get to where I am a free man again? Okay, and I'm just going to preface this by saying that we can't give direct legal information, but we can just tell him what his rights are, you know, uh, based on what the laws are in Mississippi. JJ, thank you so much for your question. Do you have any thoughts, uh, Jenny? Yeah, there are a couple thoughts. It sounds like you're facing two felony charges, and in Mississippi, um, there are only certain felonies um, that are eligible to be expunged. it's six felonies now. Actually, the list was expanded a couple years ago. It used to just be a couple felonies. Um, but as of now, the felonies that can be expunged are possession of a controlled substance or paraphernalia, um, a felony bad check, felony false pretense, felony larceny, malicious mischief felony, and also felony shoplifting. So we're limited to those six offenses. And in addition to that, You have to complete, the whole sentence has to be completed, including probation, um, paper time, as some people call it. That has to be completed, and there's a five-year wait after the completion of your sentence before you can apply to have it expunged. Um, In addition, in Mississippi, you can only have one felony conviction expunged. Hmm. If there are multiple felonies, you are not eligible for it an expungement. Okay. All right, JJ, thank you for your call and good luck to you. We appreciate you calling in. 877-MPB-RING is the number we're talking about. Expungement this morning, the types of charges that can or cannot be expunged. You can give us a call if you have any questions or comments, personal experiences. Uh, Did you have a successful expungement process? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. Uh, so I heard J.J. say that he, he, he paid a fine. So is that something common to do uh, just to pay a fine, or are there other things you have to do as well? Of course, um, the sentences are going to vary, just like anything. Um, but part of, if an individual is convicted, they could be facing jail time. Um, frequently, they're going to be um, placed on probation Um, where they'll be monitored by a probation officer for a period of time, usually up to five years, depending on the sentence. Um, Commonly, there are fines. There can be restitution. There can be court costs. Any of of those things will have to be satisfied before an individual can move to get an expungement. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the types of things that cannot be expunged. I'm thinking murder, you know, just those extreme things come to mind. But what are some things that the the average person may not know about uh, that when it you know comes to things that cannot be expunged? 
Well, first, you are exactly right. Murder cannot be expunged. Um, most commonly, and people usually realize, any violent crime cannot be expunged. Um, it really, like we just talked about, it really, for felonies, it's a very limited list of things um, that can be expunged. The list is a little bit more expansive if the individual was under the age of 21 when the offense occurred. Um, and so that list is really all nonviolent offenses can be expunged. Um, what individuals think of, yeah, a lot of times you get the question, can sale of a controlled substance be expunged? And typically for someone over 21, that answer is no, because mm. sale of a controlled substance is going to be considered, was considered a violent offense at one point. And so that's why it cannot be expunged. But sale is something that a lot of people think should be able to be expunged, but it is not under our current law. Um, the the problem with expungements is just, just such a limited list. Mm -hmm. There's so much more that cannot be expunged than can be expunged. Mm, okay. Um, and Cindy, um, this is Richard. I just a uh, quick question. Um, let's say I had something expunged. Do I then still have to report that to a potential employer? Will that come up on my, uh, you know, if I do a background check, will that come up on my background check? That's a really good question. We get that question a lot. Um, if something is expunged, it is not on the public background check anymore. Um, the FBI has a private database. It'll always be on there. But if your employer or anyone else runs a background check, if an item has been expunged, it will not show up on there. Now, there is the exception. There are private companies out there that purchase the information contained um, in the databases. And occasionally, um, if an individual has had something expunged, it sh still shows up through one of the private companies. And that's why we always tell people, if you have an expungement, make sure you keep a copy of your order. Because if that's the case, you can send it to that private company and then they will have to remove you from the database. And you get the question, how, how do I answer on a job application or if I'm in court for jury duty? They ask me if I've been convicted. After you have it expunged, you technically have not been convicted. And so you can answer, no, you've not been convicted. That's such an interesting thing because if they come back and find out through one of those private companies, they will think that you have been dishonest and then you may not get the job. So uh, do you recommend full disclosure? Uh, it, it's a tricky situation, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's one answer for that. I think it depends on the situation. Um, you can always, if they come back with a question, you can tell them it's been expunged so you no longer have been convicted because mm -hmm. it does. It erases the conviction and the arrest from your record. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue talking about expungement, the whole process. If you were arrested but never convicted, will that arrest still show up on your criminal record? We'll talk about that after the break. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about expungement. Maybe you had a successful expungement experience you'd like to share. Call us at 877-672-7464. We do have some lines open. Or email legalterms at mpbonline. Org. This is Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Jenny Eichelberger of the Eichelberger Law Firm in Jackson. Today we're discussing the legal process of expungement and some things um, that you should know when it comes to getting your record expunged, what crimes can or cannot be expunged. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We do have lines open if you have a question about some type of uh, thing on your record, a ding on your record, you're trying to figure out how to get it off. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Um, So we were talking uh, off the air, Jenny, about the length of the expungement process. Um, And you said that some some things are a little shorter, depending on what it is, like a misdemeanor or a felony. Uh, it varies in time. So what are your thoughts on that? It does vary in time, and it's going to depend on what is trying to be expunged. Like you mentioned, misdemeanors, typically the process is a little bit quicker with a misdemeanor. Um, just because the list is a little bit more expansive of things that can be expunged, um, first-time offenders, if you just have one misdemeanor conviction, those can be expunged. Um, and so the process is a little bit shorter. You have to get a printout from the court, from the municipal or the county court, the justice court, whatever um, whatever misdemeanor court the offense took place in. Um, it's a printout called an abstract, which will be attached to the petition, to the document that will be filed with the court requesting the expungement. Um, that petition will be sent to the prosecutor in that court who will sign off on it and send it to the judge for the signature. Um, Typically, the process for misdemeanors is a little bit shorter in time and can be as quick as a week or two weeks. Mm, Okay. All right, we're going to go to the phones. James is in Corinth with a question. Good morning, James. What do you have for us? Good morning. I, uh, back two years ago when I was young and stupid, uh, I acquired some felonies in three separate states. Um, now I, I know I can't get them expunged, but is there a way that I can get a, a pass or something? Because I would like to go hunting with my father and I haven't been able to in years. And, uh, that's, that's all I want. Hmm. So, so that's an interesting question. Do you, you currently live in Mississippi, right? James and Corinth. Yeah. So that's an interesting question. If you get, uh, if you are you know, convicted of a crime in another state, then what are the rules in this state? And, and that does complicate things because if there are multiple convictions in multiple states, obviously Mississippi law is going to apply only to Mississippi convictions. Um, in Mississippi, if your charge is not eligible for expungement, you can petition the circuit court for a certificate of rehabilitation. And what it's not an expungement per se, but it has a lot of the same effects um, and can restore at the discretion of that circuit court judge your right um, to carry a firearm, for instance. However, um, in Mississippi, the circuit court judge is not going to have any power um, over other states and other state convictions. Okay, would would uh, I be able to petition the court in this state to just be able to hunt? 
The problem is in a situation where there are multiple states and multiple convictions, um, even if the a Mississippi charge was rehabilitated, there there are still remaining felony charges out there. Um, so would I petition each state? Each state has different laws on that. So, you know, at that point, I think um, you have to get out there and research to see what other states do besides Mississippi. Yeah, it sounds really difficult. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Uh, we're going next to Liz in Gulfport, who has a question. Good morning. Liz, what do you have for us? Good morning. Hey. Um, I had a job that I worked for um, three weeks when I was in college, and I left that job because uh, on the same day that I was working, we were burgled, and then we had uh, an individual who was very distraught um, in the store with uh, a firearm, and after that, I told my manager I just didn't feel safe. And my manager was uh, very upset about me leaving working there. And she said that she would put on my paperwork that I was fired for coming in after the store was closed and attempting to have inappropriate relations uh, with another individual in the store lobby. And I don't know how I can um, go back and check. Uh, It's been uh, a year or two since I worked at that job, and I don't know how I can go back and check those uh, employment records to see if she actually put that on there and then even if she did put those false allegations on there what what options do i have for disputing that all right interesting question liz um we didn't even think about well i didn't think about the employment record um situation there any thoughts on that jenny well that does sound like an interesting situation and um in a such situation like that just because there is a note of an allegation in an employment record, that does not necessarily translate to the fact that there is a charge against an individual or a charge pending. Um, In order um, to, for a a charge to begin and the prosecution to begin, someone would have to um, contact law enforcement and swear out an affidavit or press charges in order for that to happen. And isn't it true? I know. I know. Here at the university, if somebody uh, were to write something negative in, a, in an employee's file, that that employee would have an opportunity to to respond. Typically, I, I you know, it kind of doesn't sound very normal that somebody could just put whatever they want in your file and you never have a chance to see that. All right, Liz. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, you can give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. All our lines are currently open. We're talking about the process of expungement this morning. If you have any questions or comments about some kind of charge on your record, maybe it's an old charge, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about the process of expungement. So I'm curious to know, is there like a statute of limitations? So um, after you've been charged with a crime, do you have so many years or so many months to try to seek expungement? There isn't a limitation on how long you have to seek an expungement. Um, I mean, a conviction can happen, a charge can happen, and 25 later, 25 years later, you can decide that you want to have it expunged, and that's completely um, fine. There's no limitation on on your right to have something removed from your background from your record. Um, so can an expungement be reversed? So, you know, could you get recharged? I don't know how, how often that happens, but uh, can, can, a, can a judge reverse an expungement? I wouldn't say an expungement can be reversed. Um, once uh, a charge or conviction is expunged, 
um, the process really prevents that. Once the judge signs off on an expungement order, it's going to be sent to the clerk of whatever court um, that charge originated in. The clerk is going to send it out to the entities listed in the order. Typically, that would be the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, whatever court the charge went through, whatever law enforcement officers um, were included. The order will be sent to all those, and the clerk will actually actually shred the file, including the order. So there truly is no record of that conviction anymore, and that's why it can't really be reversed. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to go to John, who's in Jackson, with a question. Good morning. John, what do you have for us? Yes, good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. Good, good. What if someone um, committed a murder, they got arrested, but they was never convicted? Can that be expunged and they're sold? How and what is the process of doing it? All right, good question, John. Thank you. Yes, so if someone was just charged with murder or with another violent offense, whatever it may be, that wouldn't typically be in the list of um, convictions that could be expunged. But this person was not convicted. They were just charged. Um, Then it is possible for that person to go through the process of seeking to have that felony charge expunged. Of course, if the individual is charged, it's a couple months later, that's obviously going to be a little premature to have something expunged. But it being a period of years, that individual can file the petition for expungement um, at the circuit court and list when when they were charged and that it had been a period of time and um, no further prosecution had taken place um, and just proceed with the felony expungement process um, at that time. You asked about the basic... Um, expungement process. If something is a felony, it'll be charged, it'll be filed in the court in which the charge originated with with felonies is going to be circuit court. Uh, There's a filing fee in our statute, it's $150 typically. It'll be filed there um, and the district attorney's office will get notice of that, 10 days notice, and at that point the petition for expungement will be in front of the judge for consideration about whether to sign off on the expungement. All right. Uh, Professor Gershon, did you have any additional thoughts so far? No, I think uh, you know Jenny is doing great. And, uh, again, uh, we're just, just glad to have her on the show. Uh, this is one I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm learning a lot uh, just <laughs> listening to her. Well, I'm curious to know uh, when we get to talking about children and youth and students, uh, college students, um, are they granted more mercy when it comes to uh, things even being allowed on their records? I I read something yesterday about um, a college student who had been involved in rape and the judge kind of granted him mercy because he didn't want this ding to be on his record forever. Uh, So are the laws a little more lenient when it comes to children and youth, depending on the crime? Yes, they definitely are more lenient, and the list is um, more expansive when it comes to items that can be expunged um, for individuals that are under the age of 21. Um, If an individual is going to be charged as an adult but is under the age of 21, then, like we mentioned earlier, crimes of violence still cannot be expunged. However, any nonviolent offense, so it's not just a limited list, it's really anything nonviolent, can be expunged. Um, They do have to wait five years after whatever sentence is complete for it to be expunged. Um, Also, if the charge stays in youth court, 
And typically that's going to be if they're under the age of 17. And in certain situations, that can be a violent offense if the youth court judge decides to keep it there. Um, Youth court files are actually sealed, and so that's not something that will be on their record. Okay. We're going back to the phones. Steve is on the road with a question. Good morning, Steve. What do you have for us? Good morning. Hey. Ma'am, I kind of been in and out of my vehicle, and I may have missed whether this was that or not. I'm trying to see, uh, could burglary be a sponge? At this time, um, burglary, now there's several different types of burglary. Obviously, you know, we have auto burglary, there's house burglary. Um, There's also, burglary can fall under grand larceny as well. Um, At this point, the only felony conviction of those that can be expunged if you're over the age of 21 is grand larceny. None of the house burglary or business burglary um, or auto burglary can be expunged at this time. But again, if the individual is under the age of 21 when it happens, those... um, Auto burglary and business burglary are considered nonviolent offenses, so those two would be eligible for expungement. Okay, Steve, does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of little. Okay, she said house burglary, and uh, I didn't, I didn't quite understand the burglary. Oh, okay, she. Uh, I'm a little mixed up on what she said. Could couldn't be expunged. So house burglary cannot be expunged, no matter the age of the individual. Okay. Um, Other types of burglary, such as auto or business, can only be expunged if the individual is under the age of 21 at the commission of the crime. Okay, okay. And if they was over that age, over the age 21, they couldn't be expunged neither? That's right. Okay. And it don't, don't matter how long ago it was. That's right. Okay, then. All right. All right. Thank you, Steve. Professor Gershon, did you have something? I just wanted to ask, um, so to me it seems like maybe the reason might be that that house burglary involves maybe people being in the dwelling, and and that's more dangerous than something like grand larceny, which could involve a nonviolent, you know, taking of someone's property without without their presence. Is that kind of the the distinction that they, they make there? That's exactly the distinction that's being made. And some period of years ago, house burglary was always considered to be a violent offense. Then we had a period of time that if a house was unoccupied, um, then it was considered nonviolent. But most recently, a few years ago, our legislature made it clear that house burglary is, again, considered to be a violent offense. All right. uh, We're going to go next to Lee, who's in Olive Branch, with a question. Good morning, Lee. What do you have for us? I was arrested in 1986 when I was 18 years old in Shelby County, Tennessee. In all, I had eight misdemeanor charges. Six of the charges were expunged after I did the year's probation and paid my fees. But now, some years later, every time I try to renew something with the state of Mississippi, two of the charges pop up as not being expunged. But when I go back to the original charging jurisdiction and get the paperwork, they show that it, in fact, has been expunged, and they have no record of those charges. So I'm wondering where it's showing up in the state of Mississippi but it doesn't show up in Tennessee where I was originally charged at. And that's a tricky situation because it is, it's an out-of-state offense that you have there. And typically, if Mississippi runs a background check, it's going to be um, through the National Criminal Information Center, known as NCIC. It's basically the big FBI database that has all the information. So somewhere there, it sounds like those charges weren't sent to certain individuals. Um, and so the best thing you could do probably is to 
to get a copy or if you have a copy of those expungement orders and, and try to send those out. That's what every time I do, and then they say that they, they still don't show up, but every time I have to renew licenses, my different licenses with the state, they continue to pop up, so I have to send them in every time, and I just didn't know if there was somebody that I could go to to get those two eliminated, I guess, or taken care of where it's not a, a repetitious that, that is definitely a strange situation, but I would say send a copy of them to the National Criminal Information Center. It's the big, the big FBI database that okay. maintains those. Okay. Well, I will go from there then. Okay. Lee, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. We need to take a break. Sam, if you could hold on just a second, we'll get to you. You'll be up next right after the break. We do have a couple lines open. 877-MPB-RING is the number. If you want to join the conversation this morning, we're talking about expungement. If you have any questions about things that are on your record, old charges, new charges, how long you have before you can get things expunged, give us a call. Have you had a successful expungement process you'd like to let us know about? We'd love to hear from you. 877-672-672. 7464 is the number or email legal terms at mpbonline.org. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Sherita Brent. Joined by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Jenny Eichelberger of the Eichelberger Law Firm in Jackson. This morning we're talking about the process of expungement, what kinds of charges can be expunged and which ones can't. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING to join the conversation with your questions or comments. If you have any questions about old charges or new charges on your record, how long you have before you can seek an expungement, we'd love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Several calls to get to. We have Sam, Danny, and Philip. Sam is up first in Jackson with a question. Good morning, Sam. What do you have for us? Uh, well, I just wanted to talk about this uh, expungement. You know, I, uh, when I was in school and stuff, you know, uh, high school, I really never did like history. But I got interested when I got in college taking his, uh, history. And I seen like these laws and stuff was, was set on, on double standards. Like, they're going to expunge people uh, for a grand larceny. You know, that's big-time stealing. But the little man, he go out there and uh, break in somebody's house and, and steal something to eat and stuff, and they want to give him uh, five or ten years. It just don't make sense. It's been that way ever since the law has been made. It's been a double standard. You know, that's all I got to say about it. If you're going to punish one, you punish all of them. All right, Sam, that's that's an interesting thought. Thank you so much for your call. Um, so is he right about that? Are there really small differences like that? 
Well, and in the situation that Sam brought up, um, talking about grand larceny versus house burglary, and he is right, the sentences for those are, are considered very differently. Um, house burglary, for example, is a maximum of 25 years. You can get well, a lot of years per, for breaking into someone's house. Um, it is a requirement that you break into a house with the intention to, to commit a felonious act. So the mm-hmm. uh, the intention to commit a felony. Um, that can include the intention to steal, even if it's someone else's food. Mm-hmm. Um, the courts don't always look at the reasoning behind breaking in. Um, to steal I something. would be upset if I came home and my sandwich was gone. I mean, or my, my leftover. So I get it. Steal your personal property. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to go next to Danny, who's in Forest, with a question. Good morning. Danny, what do you have for us? Hey, good morning. Hey. Uh, listen, I, I, I was 10 years ago, I was um, stopped in Texas, and uh, I got pulled over for a controlled substance. And I went, I went to court. Um, the judge told me if I finished the 10-year sentence, and paid the uh, $10,000 fine that she would defer um, all charges. And I did that. In eight years, I paid off on fines and never, you know, had any trouble. And so she deferred uh, my sentence. So that does that mean I can carry a gun now, or how does that work? Well, that's an interesting situation. It sounds like in Mississippi, a situation that you've described would probably be considered to be a non-adjudication, which is when an individual is facing a charge, appears before the judge um, to really plea guilty, except the judge withholds accepting the guilty plea, typically places them on probation for a period of years. And at the end of the probation period, if all the terms, all the fines are paid, everything, typically the judge will grant the non-adjudication, the charge will be dismissed, and it can be expunged. Now, however, that's in Mississippi situation you described is in Texas, and so you would need to consult the law in Texas and see how they handle that kind of situation. Okay, I was uh, I was on probation here in Mississippi. They um, transferred it over to Mississippi. Um, how does that work? I mean... It really doesn't change the analysis. Even though your probation um, was supervised in Mississippi, the charge originated out of Texas, and so it'll be Texas law um, that attaches to that situation. Okay, so I, I really couldn't carry a gun in Mississippi as far as, you know, if I, if I carry a gun and I get pulled over, I'm going to jail for carrying a concealed weapon or a weapon or? It, it would depend on whether you're a convicted felon or not. If Texas considers that you are a convicted felon, um, then Mississippi will consider that you're a convicted felon and convicted felons cannot carry firearms. Okay, um, now Texas, um, they said that they I was not convicted if I was, you know, did all my sentence and all the fines that it was actually a conviction. Um, it was deferred. Does that make any sense? Or? It does make sense. But, again, I would suggest that you contact the courts over in Texas just to confirm okay. the situation. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, if I can Danny. just interject, Bye-bye. just since I, I have my iPad here and I just uh, looked up the Texas law, it does appear that um, it, a deferred adjudication in Texas is not considered a conviction but it is good to go and consult consult someone who actually practices Texas law to make sure uh, okay. you, before you get a go. Okay. All right. Thank you so much.
All right, Danny, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, 877-MPB-RING is the number to join the conversation this morning. We're talking about the process of expungement. If you have any questions or comments about charges on your record, old ones or new ones, you can give us a call. If you've had a successful expungement experience you'd like to share, call us at 877-MPB-RING. We do have some lines open, 877-672-7464, or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're going next to Philip, who's in Cleveland. Good morning, Philip. Hello. Hey, what do you have for us? Had a family member that was got some trouble in Arkansas, and they were um, initially charged with uh, like a child endangerment charge, and he refused to go to um, to take a plea deal. They were trying to get him to plea, and then they ended up over the course of a year. It took about a year, but uh, it went to court, and by the time it got to court, it had been they had trumped up the charges to where it, it was all the way up to including rape and five other charges, just tr- put pressure on him to get him to plea. And he um, he ended up going to court, was found not guilty on all charges except the child endangerment, which ended up a hung jury. And then after the period of a year, he uh, the, the prosecutor wanted to keep going and prosecute that, take that to court again also. And after a year and losing his job and not being able to be with his family, um, he just felt like he couldn't put his family through that. It took a plea deal, and um, we just don't know anything that we can do about it. To um, you know, Since it was a plea deal, can you fight it and try to go back on a plea deal? Again, that that is an out-of-state charge, so it's going to depend um, on Arkansas law and how they handle guilty pleas and whether there's any course of relief after that. That's not really an expungement situation at this point for that one. Sounds like there's a conviction. Um, If that was the charge in Mississippi, it would be considered a violent offense and so wouldn't be expungeable. Um, In Mississippi, if you plead guilty, you cannot appeal that conviction. However, you can seek post-conviction relief and other states have a similar situation as well. For the charges that weren't pursued or, or he was found not guilty on, again, if that was in Mississippi, you could have those charges expunged because he was found not guilty, um, and many states have that same situation. All right. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, we're going next to Jack, who's in Hancock County, with a question. Good morning, Jack. What do you have for us? Well, actually, I think you just answered my question. Okay. I, uh, and my question was, were there, such, were there crimes in Mississippi for which no expungement was offered or available? And uh, I think you said violent crimes uh, met that, that, that requirement and could not be expunged. Are there others? Um, in Mississippi, there's really a list of things that can be expunged as opposed to a list of things that cannot be expunged. Um, again, there are six felony offenses that can be expunged, bad check, possession of controlled substance or paraphernalia, false pretense, grand larceny, malicious mischief, and shoplifting. So those are the six of felony offenses if the individual is over the age of 21 that can be expunged in Mississippi. No other felonies. I see. All right. Well, that answers my question. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Jack. We go next to Sandy, who's in Florida, with a question. Good morning, Sandy. What do you have for us? Hi. Yes, I have a question. Uh, my daughter was caught on the beach with a can of beer when she was 18 in Florida, and um, 
I was wondering if that would show up on a record. She was issued like a citation, almost like a traffic ticket, which she paid. Would that be on her record anywhere? That's going to depend. If it had happened in Mississippi on the beach, it would be on her record. Um, What's the charge? It's good. Um, I, I forget what it was. It was in Florida. It happened in Florida. Oh, okay. And I, I think the charge was, you know, uh, gosh, being being underage in possession mm-hmm. of alcohol. Okay, that's typically the charge there um, in Mississippi. Yeah. That'd be an expungeable offense, and I think in in a lot of states it is. Okay, it, okay. it, it would be expungeable. Okay, yeah. I forgot she said that uh, she was underage because I'm thinking, what <laughs> beer on the beach? Like that's common. Okay, uh, thank you so much for that call, Sandy. Right. We we appreciate thank it. You. Uh, We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have a few calls to get to. Charles, Amanda, and Roy, if you could hold on for a moment, we'll get to you after this break, and we'll continue the conversation about the process of expungement. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. 877-672-7464 or email legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined by Professor Richard Gershon and Jenny Eichelberger of the Eichelberger Law Firm in Jackson. Today we've been talking about the legal process of expungement. We have some calls to get to. We're going to go to Charles and Brandon, who has a comment. Good morning, Charles. Uh, yes. Hey, what's your comment? I just want to comment. An individual called earlier and was concerned about the difference in the sentencing on someone who committed grand larceny versus someone who broken into a house. Mm-hmm. And I'm former law enforcement. We took house burglaries very serious. And the reason I believe that our <clears throat> lawmakers uh, increased the sentencing on that particular crime is when somebody breaks into a home, you're putting those citizens or those homeowners at risk, possibly. If you've got a man or a woman there who's children inside the home, somebody breaks in, put it for food, a TV, a computer, whatever. Uh, they're put on a high alert to protect their family. And potentially that crime could escalate uh, to something else. I think that's not serious and the penalty is much worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, you raise a good point there, and I think that's the, the same thing Professor Gershon had said. There are, there are people inside, and I had seen on the news recently, um, this woman had a camera in her home, and she had just left for work and her child, and they got the burglar in on, in the home on the camera stealing things, but her boyfriend was in the bed asleep, and right. so they met face-to-face. He woke up, and he had a burglar standing right in front of him. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but 
I mean, you know, I can't imagine now all of his peace is gone. The, the whole family's peace is gone, you know, not knowing that that guy's going to come back. So uh, exactly. you raise a, and, a good and point. The, and, the, and the potential for escalation, you know, mm-hmm. um, of that crime, you know, I understand somebody breaking in for food, and I, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, we've got enough people out here today, and there's enough charities out here, soup kitchens, that type of thing, that will donate food to people who are hungry. There's no excuse for back to one hungry in this country. Yeah, thank you so much, Charles, uh, for your call. And thank you for your services, uh, being former law enforcement. We appreciate you calling in you. Uh, with your perspective. Call. All right. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Professor well, Sharita, You know, the, the history of it actually um, goes all the way back to uh, British common law. And, in fact, uh, it was a felony punishable by death to break and enter into a dwelling place at night. Wow. Uh, for the purpose of stealing. So, uh, you know, that, that concept of burglary and of breaking into a home is really a, really an old historic concept that, that we don't want uh, people in their dwelling place to feel uh, unsafe. And, and so that's why that's, you know, always been an elevated uh, kind of crime. Yeah. All right. We're going back to the phones. Amanda is in New Albany with a question. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Um, I was wondering about, like, health care licensing boards. Um, I have a friend who was on a diversion program for a simple possession charge, and she was looking into going, like, into nursing school, and I was wondering if they can access these some triggers. Well, if your friend is in a diversion program, the most common ones we see in Mississippi are pretrial diversion. Um, and also the drug court program, which is a diversionary program. And with both of those, at the end of the successful completion of the program, the charge is actually dismissed. Um, And so it's not even a conviction on the record. And immediately after the completion of the program, the individual can move to have it expunged. So the record of the arrest isn't even on there. So in that situation, if she wanted to pursue a career in the health field, there wouldn't be a problem because the charge would be expunged from her record. And there was no conviction to start with if she successfully completes the program. Okay. So, like, I don't really read a test like the uh, other little places that got records. And then, I mean, does um, a professional place like that ever access through those small companies? Typically, the different health associations and health boards just go through the NCIC, the National Criminal Information Center. There's always the possibility that a private company could have purchased the record of her arrest or of her charge. Um, But again, she's going through a diversionary program, so she won't have a conviction when she completes that. So it would never be a conviction. It would just be an arrest. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Amanda, for your call. Uh, final call of the day goes to Roy in Florence with a question. Good morning, Roy. What do you have for us? Yes, I wanted to ask a question about a conviction from another state. Is it possible to, uh, if you're residing in, this, in another state, that other than the one you got the uh, conviction in, to get an expungement in the state that you now reside? In that situation, you have to seek the expungement from the state in which you were convicted. Another state is not going to have the authority or ability to expunge an offense um, that you were convicted of in a different state. Okay, okay. Um, And then everything will just depend on them. Exactly. Everything will depend on that state's law. Okay. Okay. 
All right, Roy, thank you so much for your call. Um, I don't know if we answer this question, but how many expungements can a person get? Typically, in a, a person can only have one conviction expunged. There oh. isn't a limitation on the amount of charges that an individual can have expunged. For instance, if someone has the misfortune to be charged with multiple offenses, but the prosecutors never um, follow through with the charge, then those can always be expunged. Um, if an individual has a number um, of not guilty, so if they had to go to trial and were found not guilty, they were acquitted, anything, um, the prosecution dismissed the case, remanded the case, those can be expunged. The only thing there's a limitation on is convictions. And you can only have one Felony conviction expunged, and if it's a misdemeanor, one misdemeanor conviction okay. expunged as well. There's an exception. Let me. There's an exception for misdemeanors. You can have a subsequent misdemeanor conviction expunged upon a good, a showing for good reason to the court. The court does mm-hmm. have discretion that after two years they can look at a subsequent offense, a conviction, and say you've put forth good evidence of rehabilitation, and they can expunge that as well. All right, and we only have about a minute left here, so I wanted to ask about access and people knowing their rights when it comes to expungements. Uh, you mentioned workshops at the very beginning. Um, how common are these expungement workshops? Where do you recommend people go to learn more about their rights when it comes to expungement? Um, people just need to keep their eyes and ears open about these clinics and workshops across the state. The Mississippi um, Access to Justice Commission has been in partnership with the Mississippi Association for Justice most recently to put on uh, workshops and clinics across the state. That's what I've been involved in. We um, have put on several of those in the Jackson area, in Hattiesburg, on the coast, in the Delta in North Mississippi. Also, the Mississippi Center for Justice does a lot of these workshops and clinics in the Delta. Um, And I know there have been several clinics and workshops also at um, Ole Miss as well in Oxford. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine just from a social impact standpoint, you know, when you have something that you have not been convicted of and you have something on your record and it's preventing you from getting a job and just living a life of freedom, that that expungement could make a big difference uh, just, you know, for the peace, for your own peace. It does, and it's make or break for a lot of people. Mm. It really is. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being on uh, this morning. We really appreciate it. It was a, an, an eventful show. And if you did not get to call this morning, you can always send an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. Professor Gershon, thank you so much for being on with us this morning as well. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Jonas Adams was our board operator. Sam Wells was our call screener. Don't forget, if you'd like to listen to Legal Terms and Legal Terms again, we have a podcast. You can go to mpbonline.org to find out more about how to subscribe. If you have a podcast app, you can just type in in Legal Terms MPB and we should pop up. So go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. We're trying to uh, stay in the lead for all the other shows and win this uh, podcast competition. All right, that's going to wrap us up here on In Legal Terms. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. Uh, relatively speaking, so stay tuned right here on MPB Think Radio.